Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finkson. Faithfulness. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn to Mark chapter 4. And we're in a series called Following the Voice of God. John 10, 27 says this, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And the key here is on following. We may hear His voice, but what good is it if we don't follow? And so, I've got a testimony for you. I, not me, I don't have a testimony for you. But I've got, I want you to hear a testimony kind of on this same subject. Last Sunday's sermon, Hear the Voice of God and Follow. You, God's voice sometimes is a spontaneous thought that goes through. You know it's his voice because you listen to the content of it. And does that match up with the nature and the character of God? True story. Monday morning, I'm reading my Bible. A spontaneous thought goes through my mind. Check out the Bible study that you have in the top of the closet in the office. I proceed to follow. I get up. I'm walking back to the office. And as I pass by the dining room, then my thoughts come into play. And my thoughts said, I don't want to carry that chair from the office, from the dining room all the way back to the office because it's heavy. So I walk on by the dining room and go on back to the office. When I get there and I open up the closet door, that Bible study is too high up for me to reach. So I proceed to look around in the office to see what I can stand on. There's the ottoman, but mm, don't want to stand on the ottoman. Aha, I see the office chair. Another spontaneous thought goes through my mind. Don't use the office chair. It rolls and spins. We have cement floors in our house. My thoughts come back into play, and I think, ah, but... If I turn that office chair around and take the back of it and push that into the, into the closet there, and I can nudge it next to the filing cabinet and the drawers, and that's going to make it stable, and it's going to be okay for me to stand up in that chair. So I get it, turn it around, nudge that in, climb up with one foot, and as soon as I stand up with that other It did exactly what that spontaneous thought had told me that it was going to do. It rolled and it began to spin. My arms and my legs increased the momentum of that because I'm trying to find something stable to hold on to. So at this point, I'm no longer standing up, but I'm on the edge of the chair holding on to the um, arms of the chair. And this picture comes in my mind. It's amazing how many pictures can come in your mind in one second. And this picture comes into my mind. Oh my gosh, you're, you're on the back edge of the chair. This chair could dump you over and you could really incur some serious injury to your body. So I'm still looking around for something stable to hold on to. Aha, the filing cabinet. I reach over to grab for the filing cabinet and I'm going, oh God, you know, You know, they have filing cabinet drawers that you punch the button and it holds and that's how you open it. And then you have those drawers that you just grab hold of it and it just automatically comes out. And I don't remember which our filing cabinet is at this point. 
But I, I reach over and I'm going, God, please let this filing cabinet drawer hold, you know, to stabilize me. Praise God, it did. I'm okay. Just had a few bumps. I got out of that, a few bumps and bruises. I got out of that, went to the dining room and got that chair that was heavy, carried that all of the way back. And then I text Daryl and my girls to let them know because we're just weird like that. We just think things like that are funny, you know, that I've done. Lesson learned. When you hear the voice of God, follow. He really does know what he's talking about, even if it's about office chairs. <laughs> you know, Connie and I have discovered something about the older we get, <clears throat> the more hard of hearing we become. A common word in our conversations at home is, huh? And what would you say? In fact, the other day, Connie was sitting in her recliner and with her back turned to me, and I thought, well, you know, I'd test it. I'd test her hearing because we've been talking about it. And so I said in a normal voice, can you hear me now? She didn't respond, didn't turn, didn't, didn't change what she was doing. So I walked a little closer, and I said it again. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? She didn't even respond, didn't say anything. So I moved even closer because by this time, I'm getting a little concerned. Can you hear me now? No response. Finally, I just walk up behind her chair and I say, can you hear me now? And she turns around and says, for the fourth time, yes. Anybody want to guess who's hard of hearing? Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, in answer to the enemy's temptation... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Realize that if God said that, that's a quote from Deuteronomy chapter 8. If God intended from the beginning that man would give his life, get his life, would get your sustenance, would get your meaning, would get your purpose, if you would get everything that you were about living from his words that proceed from his mouth, then he created you to hear his voice. He created you to be a responder to what he's saying. The issue is not the ability. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't know if I hear God. Or... The issue is really not the ability to hear God. God created you to hear. My sheep hear my voice. He created. The issue is not the ability to hear him. The issue is the willingness to hear him. So we've been talking about this following the voice of God. This is the third in the series but, and hopefully, if you haven't heard the first two, I invite you to go back and, and listen to those. But this morning, I want you to turn in Mark chapter 4, and I want you to look at verse 24. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And Jesus is speaking this in the context of a parable. And he says this, Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. Pay close attention to what you hear. Jesus said this, these words in the context of the parable of the seed and the soils. The sower went out to sow. He sowed seed. Some of it fell on different kinds of soil. And, 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 and it, he explains it. This is the one parable that Jesus didn't trust us to interpret. <laughs> he gave us the interpretation. 
And we're going to be talking about that. But in verse 17 of Mark chapter 4, Jesus said this, If you don't understand, if you don't comprehend this parable, how will you comprehend all the other parables? So what he's talking about is there's such an importance on you hearing and responding and following the voice of God. Now this parable of the sower, the parable of the seed, the parable of the soils, whatever you call it, is found in Matthew's Gospel chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. The the parallel verse of what we just read is found in Luke 18, 8, 8, 18. Let me read that to you. It says, so pay attention to how you hear. Mark says pay attention to what you hear. Luke says pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand or comprehend will be taken away from them. We not only pay attention to what we hear, we are to pay attention to how we hear it. And so Jesus tells this in a context of a parable. And it's found in, in, the, in Mark chapter 4 we're going to be looking at. Uh, and it's the things that I'm going to deal with this morning is the seed and the soil. Now the seed is the word of God. It's the voice of God. It is what God has said. It's the message from God. What Jesus is saying in verse 14, he says, The sower sows the word. So Jesus is explaining that the seed that the sower is sowing is the message or the voice from God. It's, and he's saying that the word of God is like a seed. It carries within it the DNA of its creator. You see, the seed has its own life. The power to reproduce itself after its kind. So when God speaks to us, He's actually depositing something that has the capacity to bring absolute transformation to our life. I want you to hear that. The seed has its own power. It's not that you have to work it up, that you have to... The seed has a life in it. It has a capacity. James says it this way, James 1.21. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has implanted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. God has implanted in your heart a word, His word, His sayings. And it has the power, the authority, and the ability to save your souls. Now, when God speaks and you accept it, the Word has the power to save. Now, James is not talking to unbelievers. James is talking to people who are already believers. So the word saved is not talking about salvation. It's talking about deliverance. It's talking about coming into the transforming power of God to transform your life into what He intended. Humbly. Receive the implanted word, for it has the power to save, to transform your life. God speaks in seed form. He's just looking for soil that will steward what He said. The only limiting factor to the life-transforming power of the word God is saying, the seed is the condition of the soil. And Jesus, in the parable, he talks about the soil. The soil is the condition of the heart of the hearer. 
Jesus tells us there's four kinds of, or four conditions of soil that the seed falls on. The first one is hard. Mark 4.15 The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Now Jesus told the parable, he said, a sower went out to sow, and, he, and while he was sowing, some of it fell on the pathway. And the birds of the air came and, and ate it before it had time. Jesus then explains, he's interpreting for us what, they, what he's talking about. There, the seed that fell on a footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. Now dirt that's continually trampled underfoot, gets as hard as pavement. I was raised in the Panhandle of Texas where sandstorms are normal. And we lived right in the middle of a cotton field. We lived in the middle of 120 acres and there was a dirt road that went up to a half mile dirt road that led to our house. Our yard was dirt. It was our yard. I mean, it wasn't nothing growing there. It was just dirt. And after a good sandstorm, one of the chores that my brother and I had was to sweep the yard. Because what the sandstorm did is it uncovered all those other things that was in the dirt. And so we had to sweep the yard. And you say, well, why? We? Because it's just like sidewalk. Because the cars have driven over it. We've everything. It's been lived on. It's hard as concrete until it rains. And a lot of times, rain will run off of it into the field. But the whole point I'm trying to make is something that's so hard that the seed can't penetrate it. It's trampled. It's walked on. I think the interpretation of that means that our hearts get hard by literally just the common experiences, the, tr the, the traditional experiences of our life. In other words, the continual You've been taught something since you was knee-high or grasshopper. Even that is a, is a pathway. We've learned our talk. We learned, you grew up in it. It was life experiences. It's how you lived. It's what you heard. It's what you were taught. It can be family. It can be religious. It can be just life of culture, the culture you were raised up in. It's that, that which has been so trampled on, so Settled that it leads to a mindset. Okay? In other words, a mindset is you just know it's true. You just know that's the way it is. And so when God speaks something that doesn't exactly line up with what you've been taught, what you've experienced, what you, how your life has been lived out, what everybody else has said, then all of a sudden that has no place to take root. Because you don't even consider it. It's of no interest to you. You don't value it because it's wrong. I mean, you know most people are wrong. Me and you are the only ones right. The pathway. And God speaks, but because we don't have a, a dog in that fight, or we don't think that that's necessarily measured up to what I've always known, you see, if I, if I already know it, why do I want to hear it? I remember this whole series started with me uh, with having a dream. And I remember in the dream, Jesus is walking around and He's teaching. 
And I remember the peace and the love that I felt in the room. And then all of a sudden Jesus says something that someone didn't agree with. And they turn. They literally turn their back on Jesus and walk away. That's exactly... In other words, something they had believed that Jesus said something different, they immediately turn and walk away. It's Jesus in the room. But when He said something they didn't agree with, they walk away. What's that? A hard heart. They had a pathway of thinking. They had a mindset that when, it did, when Jesus' words didn't agree with them, they turned and walked away. The condition of the heart. And here's what he says. Satan comes at once and takes it away. The idea here is not just takes it, but he snatches it. He robs you. Immediately. God says something. Well, you immediately know that's not true. So, so Satan has no problem of convincing you that you're right. He comes in agreement with you. See? That's not true. That can't be true. Your mother would turn over in her grave if she heard you thinking that. Well, that's not the way you've always been taught. That's not how you believe. All of those voices come in and snatch that word up to where it has none effect in your life. The hard. Let's go on. The shallow. Mark 4, 16. The seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last very long. They fall away as soon as they have problems and are persecuted for believing God's Word. Now, in Lampasas, you know about rocky soil. I mean, you can, you can dig a post hole here and move over 10 inches and you can't go 6 inches. You hit rock. This is not talking about just occasional rock. This is talking about that in, in Israel, in that, in that country, there was a fine layer of, or a thin layer of soil over just bedrock of limestone. And so what Jesus, and everybody would understand what Jesus is talking about, it looked good and it was deep enough for the, soil, for the seed to at least sprout. But it had no depth to it. it. Had no depth to it. And so as soon as the sun came up, and began to shine in the heat, had no ability to last. The shallow heart. This is, I think, this is impulsive, circumstantial hearers. In other words, God says something, and you say, yay, this is it. God said something, this is my fix. This is what I, you know, or we receive the Word and God's talking about something totally, but we're going to apply it to what we want. Circumstances. How many of you know that if God would just change your circumstances, everything would be better? And so when God speaks to you, you immediately apply it to circumstances. You immediately apply it to your need. You immediately apply it to your, your, your way out, your way through, your, your way. Impulsive. They receive it with joy. They're wowed by the Word. They see it as a quick fix. An opportunity. They receive it with joy. But, don't you love it when the Scripture says but? They don't last long. When difficulty or trouble or persecution come, they fall away. They fall away. In other words... Well, you know what? I've, I've gone to, you know, I've had this problem. I've been asking God, and God gave me a word, and I've been to church five times, and nothing's happened. This must not work. Must not have been God. 
Or God said something and you tell somebody else and they tell you that that's not right. Well, you know, they're more spiritual than me. It must not be God. There's no root. There's no depth. Don't know how to check it out for yourself. You know, I, I thought the Word was going to do this for me, but it hadn't worked yet. It, it's just not working. So we have no depth. And as soon as the persecution or the disagreement or the trouble comes, it says they fall away. Let me tell you what that word means. It doesn't mean that they fall down or that they have another problem that causes them more problems. It means they withdraw. In other words, they're the one that takes a step back. They just don't, they're not going to go with the Word. They're not going to go with what God said. They're not going to let it have its perfect work in them. They just withdraw. They take a step back. They step back out of what God has said. I want to say something here. A lot of people come to hear God when you're in trouble. And I want to say this. I want you to hear me. God doesn't do magic. God gives life. A lot of times we want to come to God to get a magic fix to our situation. And we will receive and be wowed by the Word and be wowed by the counsel, be wowed by what God is saying to us. But let me tell you, God doesn't do magic. He wants to give you a life that's bigger than your trouble. It's shallow. It doesn't. Let me tell you what God, when God gives you a word, that word will stand the trouble that'll come. If you give depth to it. Next one, Mark chapter 4, verse 18, the cluttered. The seed fell among thorns. The fell among thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so that no fruit is produced. This is something that I've just all of a sudden realized. You do realize that thorns come from another seed. They come from another seed. What I'm saying is there's life in the seed of the enemy too. To produce guilt and doubt and fear. What I want you to hear is that in the cluttered soil, the Word of God, the saying of God, has competition. God says this. You think this. The enemy says this. Somebody else says that. The world system says this. You, that ain't going to work. This ain't. You have all this competition to where it literally chokes out the thing that God said because we give attention to what everybody else is saying. The Word has competition. It's cluttered. The issue is not the power of God's Word, but our willingness to listen to other words. Worries. The cares of this life. The word care, your translation may have, it means to be drawn in different directions, a divided mind, runaway emotions, doubts, fears. Then it says the lure of possessions. God gives you a word that He's going to provide for you. I'm going to provide for you. And when it doesn't come through... There's this other opportunity for you to provide for yourself or for somebody else to provide for you. Instead of waiting on God to provide what He's saying to you, you take the quick way out, you take the easy way out, you do. In other words, you'll accept anybody's offer at this time. 
And the key thing for me is focus. Am I focusing on what God has said or am I focusing on what everybody else has said? I'm just confused. And it says the word or desire for other things. Luke calls it pleasures. Now listen to me. There's nothing wrong with riches or pleasures or walking. But when they choke out what God has said, you're the loser. And the Bible, the, the word here says they produce no fruit. In other words, there's no yield. It looks like, we used to, when, in the cotton farming, let me tell you what the cotton farmer would say. It, it went all to stalk. It went all to leaf. There wasn't any yield on the, wasn't any fruit on the vine. In other words, it looked good, but it got choked out where it all went to leaf. The word, doesn't reproduce, bring forth what it could have. What do you focus on? It's like the young woman who received a, pro- a proposal from her boyfriend. He, he said, darling, I want you to know I love you more than anything else in the world, and I want you to marry me. I'm not rich. I don't have the yacht and Rolls Royce like Johnny Brown, but I do love you with all my heart. She thought for a moment and then replied, I love you with all my heart too. But tell me more about Johnny Brown. Listen to me. God gives you a word and somebody says, well, this could mean this. Tell me more about this. Just me changing my focus from what God has said to what might be, what could be, what should be. Well, God, you didn't do it the way I thought. And all of the different voices come in and choke out the one voice that has the power in it to produce an abundant harvest. That leads us to the fourth, the good. Mark verse. Chapter 4, verse 20. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Luke says it in verse 15 of chapter 8. He says, And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. I want to say something. I've even probably preached them, but there's a lot of sermons out there about how to turn hard soil into good, how to turn clutter, you know, weed it, do all this. Listen, let me tell you what it makes to be good soil. Receive the Word. Receive it. Cling to it. Hold on to it. Let it give place to it. Value it. Let it do its perfect work. Receive it. The life is in the seed. You see, most of us are still trying to prepare the soil so we'll be ready for the seed. God's giving seed all the time. Receive it, give place to it, value it, let the power of the life in the Word produce what He's wanting to produce in your life. And with endurance, that's a key word. It means to abide under. You just stick with it. You let it happen. 
How many of you remember when you were in school and you did those little styrofoam cups and you had that seed and you planted it and every day you'd come in and you'd water it. You'd want. Well, you know what happens, don't you? When you when the kids don't see what it's not happening, what does a kid do? How many of you have ever dug it up? I'm gonna dug it up. There must have been a problem with the seed. You know, by this time, surely. You know, it's it, we planted it yesterday. I watered it. The teacher said, it ain't working. Teacher, bad seed. No, it's no endurance. It's not giving place to the Word. It's not letting the Word have its work. All the soul does to be good soul is to humbly receive the implanted Word. And it, the Word, has the power to save your soul. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. It patiently produces, Luke tells us. Some 30, 60, and 100. You know, I feel sorry for the 30, don't you? Did you ever feel that way? Well, why would he do 30? I mean, I want 100. If I'm going to plant something, I want 100. And I used to kind of think, well, you know, God, I guess I'll just have to settle for 30. Here's the point. Do you know what the average yield in Jesus' day was? Seven. Seven percent yield. So the good soil produces 30, 60. All of it was abundant. It was an overwhelming harvest. It was absolutely abundant. There is within the seed that God is speaking to you right now. There is what God has said to you and what He's saying to you. There is within that Word that God has that can produce the abundance that Jesus promised. He said, if you'll come to me, I'll give you abundance. It's not about settling It's about receiving and giving place to, valuing it, and letting it have its perfect work. There's no limit to the power in the seed. The only limit is the condition of the soil. My question to you this morning is what type of soil are we? What kind of soil are you today? You were created to hear God's voice. But the responsibility to receive and accept and value and give place to the Word, to that Word, is yours. Satan and life and life experiences and circumstances and troubles and trials, they're ready to trouble you out of it. And life is filled with competitive voices. The question is, whose voice are you going to follow? And I recognize... I was raised on a farm. For the first 18 years of my life, I lived in a farming seasonal life. I started driving when I was eight years old. Because we had fields to plow. You understand what I'm saying? So we lived. So I understood about seed and sowing and all that. I've, I've planted hundreds of thousands of seeds. And here's what I've always understood about farming. It's seasonal. And every season's different. has a whole set of different circumstances. 
And here's what I want you to hear what I've, what I've received in this. You see, this year, I can be good soil. And if I don't watch it, next year I'll be hard. The different kinds of soils, they're not a one-time deal. You see, I like to think linear. Hard, shallow, fluttered, good. Let's stick with good. Okay, now it's good. You know, I've discovered something we had to plow every year. It wasn't like you could say, well, last year was a good harvest. Let's just do it again. Well, if you're going to do it again, you're going to do what you did before. Don't you listen to me. You see, last week, you could have been good soil. But something has taken place in your life. Now, you're listening to other voices. Or, God's giving you a word, and it's not happening fast enough for you. And so you're going to try your best. Do it your own way. God, I prayed, I asked you, and you didn't come through. I'm going this way. And when trouble comes, it won't last. God, thank you, boy, I got this word. And 30 years ago, I got this word about coming to New Covenant, being a part, you know, God, you, you just, you know, and... And I just thought, when we got here, God's going to blow the doors off and it's just everything's going to happen. I was going to be the hero of the past. Anybody hear God that way? He gives you a word, you're the hero of the story. I remember the cycles, even the cycles that I've gone through here. Sometimes very tender to His voice, sometimes hard, sometimes cluttered, sometimes shallow. See, today I can be good and tomorrow I can be shallow. Next day I can be cluttered. Here's my question. Where's your heart today? Perhaps we need to stir up some of those words that God's spoken into our heart that we've given up on. Because it didn't happen the way we thought, didn't do, perhaps those things... Maybe God's given you a word that you just can't believe can actually happen. Let me tell you, it's not up to you. It's up to the power that's in the word. Don't doubt it. Give place to it. God gave me a vision when I was coming here. And I've told it to you before. I'm going to say it again because it goes with what we're saying. I saw a pan filled with dirt and it had bean sprouts that were coming up. Now, what is that? I see this pan, and I see this filled with dirt. I'm not aware of it being watered. I'm not aware of anything else, but here's what I'm aware of. And if you farmed or if you gardened, you know what I'm talking about. The seed has just broke through the soil. The clod is still on the soil. And the hole of the seed is still on the head that's fixing to turn up. And what I felt like God was saying is just they're going to fall in love with Jesus and just as they start to turn their head toward me, I'm going to transplant them all over the world. Who's the hero of that story? It's the seed. And over 30 years, we've probably had close to 3,000 people pass through New Covenant. Not all have been 
great high yields. Some have passed through because they didn't like what they heard. Some have passed through because it was too deep, too much. I just don't agree. Some have passed through and have been very faithful in walking in it and going and stuff, but then God puts them and transplants them to another place and the clutter of all the things of life choke out the very thing that God had placed in them to be. And then there's a lot that's a good soil that God's transplanted all over the world. And they're producing a high yield. It's all not about New Covenant. It's about the Word. It's about the soil. Here's something I've discovered about being raised on a farm. I've seen... My daddy was pretty good pastor. Well, we're going to miss a crop this year. It ain't going to, well, you know, the rain didn't come. We planned it. I don't even know. It's probably never going to come up. Have you ever said that? It's probably never going to come up. But then one day, all of a sudden, I've seen the seed break through incredibly hard ground. Lift up clods ten times the size of the seed. And break through and become a bumper harvest. Because listen to me. No matter what season you're in, Powers in the seed. It's in what God's saying. The question, the only limiting factor is the soil. Let me ask you, where are you today? I'm telling you, I don't care where you are, the power of the Word of God can transform your life. He can break through in places you never thought possible. But here's the thing. Here's about the endurance. What that word means, to abide under, means if, if, if God said something to me, and tomorrow I'm still holding on to it. In a week, I'm still holding on to it. Listen to me. In a year, I'm still giving place to it. In five years, I'm giving place to it. In ten years, I'm giving it. God is still true. I'm going to trust Him. In other words, if 30 years passes, I'm just now figuring out what he meant. Do you understand? The condition is not on us. It's on the Lord. My part is to receive it. To give it place. And allow the Word of God to perform the transforming power that it was sent to do. Isaiah says this, The word that goes forth from my mouth will not return to be empty without accomplishing that for which I sent it. Trust Him. Trust Him. Consider what God is saying to you. Respond to it. Cooperate with it. Give it place. It's going to bring forth an incredible harvest. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, I praise You and I thank You that Your Word is absolutely powerful. And that, Father, that if we just give place to it, it will bring forth an abundant harvest. Lord, don't let me, don't let me turn my soil back. Don't let me trample it. Don't let me get so busy in life that I let the things of life clutter out everything, everything. Choke it. God, I am going to stir up those old words that I have in my journal. I'm going to go back and I'm going to remind myself 
of what you've said. I'm going to open your word and I'm going to get fresh word from you. I want to know what you're saying to me today. Lord, make my heart tender. And I, by humility, Lord, I don't have it all figured out. And by humility, I want to receive the implanted word that it would deliver me. That it would be to me everything you intended it to be. Make it so, Lord. Because we don't ask it in the name of New Covenant. I don't ask it in the name of my need. I ask it in the name of Jesus who has delivered me and has set me on the high place. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your word perform it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? We have a ministry team that's available. Maybe you have their heart this morning. You just say, hey, I just need you to agree with me that I'll give place. I know God's spoken to me, but I, 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 I've let things choke it out. I've let things... It didn't turn out the way... Whatever you might have, whatever you need, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, it would be their pleasure to come and, and pray with you and help you. So they stand ready to pray with you. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you? What kind of heart, what kind of soil am I today, Lord? This is what I want to do. Receive Him. You respond to Him in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.